Dr. Isaac, dial zero. The Brent Community Healthcare System presents Hospital Insider, the podcast. Your host is Gary Chalk, the retired director of public affairs for the Brandt Community Healthcare System, a newspaper columnist, and former radio broadcaster. The podcast features conversations with members of the medical staff, the caregivers, volunteers, the leadership team, and donors of the Brantford General Hospital and the Willett Hospital in Paris. Listening to Hospital Insider, the podcast, will inform and educate you about hospital care. So please share this podcast with your family and friends and encourage them to subscribe as well. Remember, if it has to do with hospital care in Brantford, Paris, and throughout Brant County, we will talk about it on Hospital Insider, the podcast. Welcome everyone, this is episode number 16 and the COVID-19 pandemic is continuing and so that means we continue to practice social distancing. My guests today, myself, we're recording the podcast over the phone. Brandon, our producer, is working alongside from his home studio as well. Over the years, the nursing profession has attracted mostly women. In checking some stats, in 2019, there were approximately 440,000 regulated nurses in Canada. 91% were female. However, between 2015 and 2019, the number of male regulated nurses grew at an increase of 15%. So today on Hospital Insider, the podcast, we're going to speak about being a registered nurse from a male perspective. Martin Ruho has been a registered nurse for many years. He currently is Vice President, Clinical Services, and also the Chief Nursing Officer at the Brand Community Healthcare System. Hi, Martin. How are you on this warm day? I'm great. How are you, Gary? Real well, thanks. Also joining on his phone is Jake Oscombe. Jake has been a registered nurse for four years now. He works in the medical cardiology unit at the Brantford General Hospital. Jake, how are you today? Doing excellent, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Perfect. Jake wanted to uh, be a nurse with the Canadian Armed Forces. However, during the application process, he was disqualified for the strangest of reasons and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. It's actually quite an interesting aspect of his career. Martin, why did you become a nurse? I mean, back when you started, it wasn't a career with a lot of men in it. Uh, anybody in your family in healthcare that sort of influenced you? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. My mom um, had been uh, uh, kind of a PSW uh, in the UK before we came to Canada. And my grandma, in fact, had been a district nurse in the UK. Um, so uh, the way I came into it was kind of sideways. So I, I finished high school and, and decided that I wanted to be an architectural technologist and, and went to school for that for three years and successfully completed that program. And once I got through it, I realized I didn't really like it. I realized that, you know, there wasn't a connection to people. I felt isolated. I I just realized quickly it wasn't the career for me. Um, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And, uh, um, a young woman that I that I was friends with um, was going through nursing school, and she suggested this. And uh, first, I thought, I don't think so. I, you know, I just can't see it. I don't. You know, I was 19, 20 years old. I was, I guess, I was 20 years old, um, and it just didn't seem like the right thing for me. But then I started to reflect on it. My family had been uh, uh, had a lot of foster children uh, as I grew up, and many of them were were uh, had health issues so i spent a lot of time in hospitals um majority sick kids with my mom and uh, you know i really started to think about it and started to think about you know the opportunities within the profession and uh 
and that's kind of how I how I got drawn drawn into it. And when 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 did this all begin, Martin? What year are we talking? Uh, I graduated high school in '87, so uh, this would be about '91 by the time I got to kind of thinking this way. So even back in 1987, our children were finishing college and university, getting degrees, getting into the work field, realizing, you know what, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. You've practiced, I'm sure, in many uh, units, uh, types of uh, patient care in various hospital settings. Can you describe those a bit, Martin? Sure. Um, when I first came out of school, I, uh, I, I worked for quite a while in a short-stay surgical unit. So. A lot of quick turnaround surgeries, um, mostly well people, people who would get better, go home. Um, but then I moved into uh, renal care, so a nephrology unit, so more the opposite end of the spectrum where a lot of chronic disease, um, a lot of older people, um, people who were struggling really, um, often you would describe them as palliative, um, but just struggling to live to the best uh, quality they could with uh, with a fairly significant debilitating chronic illness, which would be kidney failure. Uh, I moved from there into, into critical care. I worked in the ICU for about 18 months. Um, and at the end of that uh, period, I did a fellowship in palliative care. So um, with the support of the RNAO and the palliative care team at St. Joe's in Hamilton, uh, I was able to work with that team for um, three months and really learn um, about end-of-life care and what that meant. And um, through that, I went back to the nephrology unit where I had been working and um, was able to translate that into a palliative program for uh, end-stage renal disease patients, patients with kidney disease. Um, and then that actually led me to become the charge nurse of that unit and then the manager, and then my career took a different path. So we'll um, talk about that as we get into it. But what's interesting, Martin, is people who talk to people, others in healthcare, there are so many options and opportunities within the healthcare setting, and we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through the podcast. Jake, same question for you. Why did you want to become a nurse? Great question. Uh, I guess my answer is actually fairly similar to Martin's overall, but I had always wanted to help people at a fundamental level and be able to say that no matter what I was doing with my life, I knew that I could be helping people. And now you might be able to say that I'm a little bit of a dreamer for saying and suggesting such a thing, but I knew that wherever I was and whatever I'd be doing is that I had options and that what I was doing would fundamentally be helping people. So it was a very hard thing to consider because for me, when I was a, a lot younger, I had family doing all sorts of different work and who had all sorts of different work experiences. And for me, really the only one who had ever been involved in healthcare was my grandfather. And I didn't get to know him very well, so perhaps I chose to follow that, uh, to follow in his footsteps to some degree. Certainly. I know when we talked previously, Jake, you talked about your, your grandfather, and as you say, you didn't meet him, but he was a military nurse in Holland. So you finished uh, secondary school. You were at Paris District Secondary School here in Brand County. And you thought, I'll continue the family tradition. I'll be a military nurse. So you approached the Canadian Armed Forces. Talk to me about what happened in the application process. Sure, sure. So, as you know, I uh, I wanted to go into the uh, regular officer training program, go to school, uh, have it paid for and serve for four years. And my plan was to do that as a registered nurse in that capacity, if it was at all possible. And, uh, well, I went through the physical testing fine, the uh, the uh, intelligence test, I aced that, that was fine, uh, which was surprising because I was worried about that. Uh, I was doing some studying. 
and uh, did okay, and then uh, went for my medical. I listed my allergies, and I was at the door. My milk allergy was enough to send me right away, so I had to pivot from there. So a milk allergy took you from potentially being a nurse for the Canadian Armed Forces and the battlefields around the world to deciding, okay, I'm going to get my Bachelor of Science in Nursing degree and um, be, a, be a nurse. You, you went to Brock University, graduated in, what, 2016. Where have you worked since? So I've worked at uh, St. Joseph's Hospital. I've done some, uh, some work in long-term care, and I've worked at uh, the BGH. Particularly on cardiology has been where I've been centered on in BGH. I've loved it there. And you've been a Brantford Journal for two years now, correct? A little longer, but yes. Okay. Finally, when you speak with nurses, they talk about the satisfaction that they have with their patients. And Martin, I think you were almost alluding to that in your words. Um, some of the memories of, of seeing patients, and often, unfortunately, it's at the worst of their, their time. It's not an easy job. Got to be physically demanding, emotional. Is it difficult to leave the job at, at work at the end of the day? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it can be. I mean, you 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 do learn to become more resilient as you as you move through your career. Um, you know, I think probably now in my new role, um, which maybe we'll talk about that later. I I, I find it much harder to leave the job uh, at work at the end of the day. Um, but I would say, you know what? You're absolutely right. You see people at the best and at their worst, um, and you see them. I always say to my team, like the work we do. Uh, Things that seem might seem insignificant to you can actually be galvanized in people's memory of their experience, and th and that's why it's so important to stay on top of what you're doing and make sure you're doing the right thing and saying it the right way and helping people in a in a way that that me is meaningful to them. Often, um, when people come to the hospital, they they aren't coming because they want to, unless they're perhaps a grandparent who's welcoming a new a, a new grandchild. But uh, as as you say, uh, you you really do meet people and interesting that terminology where it's a galvanizing moment for them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's um yeah it's something i try i try and keep top of mind and i really try and support teams to to, to keep that because you know you, you're really when you're doing your work and you're busy and you're, you're managing multiple things it's easy to to forget that you're part of a of, of a of an experience for people for families and patients that that uh, could be the last experience or you know, it could be a critical experience in their life. Um, and, and, you know, for you, it's a day at work um, and not to minimize, but it's, it's a different, it's a different lens on, on, on what we're doing. So I think it's really important just to remember that, that, uh, you know, like you said, people are at their, at their worst or are most vulnerable. Um, so we need to just be always conscious of that. Thank heavens for nurses. Jake, in your few years now as a registered nurse, can you explain the satisfaction you have from working with patients and also their families? Sure, sure. So sometimes I find it uh, to be incredibly fascinating to go home and reflect on a particular case or issue, and one that might be really nagging at me because it's particularly challenging, as you say. And sometimes, sometimes you get a card that's delivered to the station and it's addressed with your name on it. And you, you've been mulling it over and being like, have I done everything that I could have done? And could I have even been better than I have been? And then you get something like that, an affirmation that what you do is really helping someone. And I find that that really helps take away a lot of that, uh, that concern. It makes me feel deeply satisfied that I did help someone. You know, it's interesting when you mentioned Jake, that, uh, 
sometimes after work or after a particular difficult case, um, you find yourself maybe questioning, wondering if there's something you could have done different or something that was that maybe you should have tried that would have produced perhaps a different outcome. Again, you hear that from people in the business in healthcare frequently. And again, does that does that nag on you? Well, <laughs> sorry, but for me, uh, I I kind of have this approach where I've always had a problem with uh, not necessarily perfectionism, but very close to. And so for me, when I when I let someone down, I am deeply disappointed with myself, particularly in the aspect of healthcare, because for me, as as Martin was saying earlier, it's it's galvanizing moments where they are the most vulnerable that they could ever be, and you're looking after them. And if you if you let them down in that respect, I definitely do feel disappointed. Jake is a relative newcomer compared to to Martin in uh, the nursing profession. Do the twelve hour shifts, the uh, working working shifts and stats and things of that nature, does that does that uh, present a challenge to you or your family or your friends? I would certainly describe it as unique. I uh, I have worked Continentals before in a factory, so. It wasn't the most new thing for me, but uh, the days and night shift, uh, it's really about managing your health and uh, making sure you're deciding what's going to be helpful to you. I find melatonin supplementation, a really dark room, quiet, really helps me because I need my sleep or I'm practically a zombie. They say that nursing is a lifelong learning profession, as, as others are. In, in nursing, licenses need to be current. There are new practices that are coming into being, new technology, new equipment, computers, etc. Martin, nurses continually upgrading their skills and the opportunities, everything from, uh, is even from what you experienced in renal care to emergency to uh, surgery. There is cancer care, dialysis, stroke wound management, list goes on and on. The career possibilities for someone entering the business today is incredible isn't it absolutely the, the opportunities are tremendous and i would almost say endless and then you know you mentioned some of the clinical areas uh and then there's roles within within the healthcare system that um you know you might not even uh, uh um associate with a nurse um you know there's there's jobs in insurance uh um for nurses there's jobs in um you know, in the community for nurses, there's thousands and thousands of variations on, you know, being a nurse. Um, you know, I think of what I'm doing now, it's it's nothing that I envisioned for myself when I started down this path. And, you know, some of the things I've had, I've been able to experience from, you know, when I started to now, um, things I would have never even been aware of um, when I was, when I was making my decision to enter the profession. So, it really is a profession of endless options. I know that during the COVID-19 pandemic, I've been doing different interviews and newspaper columns for Hospital Insider on various aspects of caregivers for COVID-19 patients, concentrated on the intensive care unit. And in the ICU, the, the specialist physicians, um, ICU-trained nurses, even the dietitian who works in the ICU, it's, it's a... It's almost the subspecialty of a of a subspecialty. Yeah, you're right, and I think that's the other thing. All the the variations of care providers that we've seen evolve over the last thirty or forty years um, originally would have all been roles that nurses would have had, um, but now we have RTs, we have RDs, we have um, 
we've got physiotherapists, occupational therapists, we've got pharmacists, we've got tremendous uh, supportive interdisciplinary teams where, where in the past the majority of those roles would have been would have been nursing roles. Having said that, the the, um, the nursing role itself has evolved in such a way that the, the um, um, specialty opportunities are are tremendous. Jake, let's talk about where you're working, the medical medical telemetry unit at Brantford General. You're part of a team, very uh, very highly skilled practitioners. Talk about what your team does and how, as a nurse, you interact with those. I think the best way to describe that would be our rounds in terms of how we uh, work together uh, in our different specialties, as you said, Martin. But uh, we have because we have physiotherapies there, we have dietary there, we have pharmacies there, we have the physicians there, we have the registered nurses, we have our registered nurse manager, uh, Neela there. So we have a very, very broad perspective on patient care. And the suggestions that can happen in terms of care alone during that meeting can be really helpful and beneficial for actually planning on getting the patient back home or where they need to be, wherever that may be. And to do it more efficiently, maybe, it's, it's more minds working towards the, the challenge of getting someone back safely home. Mutual respect. You're dealing with, with many uh, specialized people. You must have a tremendous amount of respect, both earned and to give to others during the, case of, during the time of caring for your patients. Do you know what, in truth, uh, to answer that as honestly as I can, I am shocked that I have really not experienced any any larger than life personalities i would say being unfair i would say by and large and i really haven't yet to experience someone being directly unreasonable it's it's incredible truly i think healthcare is uh maybe weeds out some of the people who would uh, otherwise maybe be a little bit more unreasonable but i have yet to experience that in healthcare so you're telling me and it's, it's not like what we see on television <laughs> well i can't speak to that <laughs> this is Hospital Insider, the podcast. Please stay with us. Our conversation will continue shortly. If you aren't feeling well and you know it's not an emergency, consider going to the Urgent Care Center at the Willett Hospital in Paris, a member of the Brandt Community Health Care System. Perhaps you twisted your back playing with your grandkids, or you've had a bad cough for a few days and now your ears ache. Or what's that rash on your child's stomach? If it is not an emergency, consider going to the Willett Urgent Care Center. You will be treated by compassionate physicians and nurses trained to deliver rapid, expert care. And with x-rays and blood work provided right on site, the Willett Urgent Care Center is one-stop care. The Willett Urgent Care Center, open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. weekdays, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekends. For the approximate wait time, you can check online at bchsys.org. The Willett Urgent Care Center in Paris when it's not an emergency, can be just what the doctor ordered. Welcome back. It's Hospital Insider, the podcast. I'm Gary Chalk. The guests are both registered nurses with the Brand Community Healthcare System, and they are part of a growing trend of male nurses in Canada. Martin Ruo, Vice President, Clinical Programs, and also the Chief Nursing Officer, and Jake Oskam, who works in the Medical Telemetry Unit. Martin, at some point you decided to use your nursing experience and turn from the bedside into nursing administration. What, what led you to perhaps wanting to try something else? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I was a little uncertain when, when the opportunity came, and the way it came to me was, was um, the director of 
uh, the program that I was working in, which was nephrology at the time, uh, came and said, you know, would you like to be the interim manager for for a while while we recruit somebody? And I said, you know, let me think about it. Because um, I, I really struggled with giving up the, the patient care. I really struggled with not being engaged with the patients every day. And um, I spoke to my wife, and she said, well, you, you would still be engaged with the patients. You'd just be engaged in a different way, and you'd be with you would have the ability to influence care in a different way by supporting a team who's engaged with patients. And, you know, she kind of led me to, to accept that opportunity. Um, and, and it was tremendous. And, it, and um, you know, the hard part was you're, you're leading your own team. So that takes uh, it's a bit of a different skill set than, than, um, than leading a new team. But, um, Certainly was a great opportunity, and from there my career just went in that direction. So I ended up applying for that job and was successful in getting that job, and then took on some other responsibilities. and uh, And uh, eventually, um, after I'd done everything I thought I could do, I, I actually decided to change organizations. So I had done, I'd been uh, at St. Joe's in Hamilton for uh, for the early part of my career, and after uh, ten years there, I went to Hamilton Health Sciences for a couple of years. And, and I, I did that deliberately because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone, um, try a different organization, uh, learn how they do work, and I wanted to try a different program entirely, something I wasn't familiar with. So I had jumped over to digestive diseases, which was all ambulatory work, endoscopy, et cetera. So, um, so that's kind of how I got my, my leadership path uh, uh, started. So now that you're in senior leadership, Chief Nursing Officer, Vice President. I'm sure the challenges are, are very different that you see, or perhaps when you see the challenge. But you do do you see it from a different perspective, patient care as a VP or as a Chief Nursing Officer? Um, I, I, that's a great question too. I think I think I I mean definitely see it from a different um, different lens. Um, I we work very consciously to stay grounded at the patient level. We we work deliberately to make sure that a patient narrative is at the fore, at the foremost of our minds when we're making decisions. Um, and, and we, and, and that takes discipline, um, because you're not, you're not typically engaged with the patients anymore. Um, you know, you're engaged through your team, um, but it's different than being at the bedside. Um, so for sure you see things differently. The problems are different. Um, um, but at the end of the day, uh, we're here for the patients. We all are. That's why everybody gets into this this profession and, and similar professions. And, um, you know, uh, you see the patients. You see their struggles. You're not, you're not engaged with them like we used to be, like I used to be. But that's why you're there. And I think if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, um, you, you're going to make good decisions for patients. So was your wife after, correct after all when she said, Martin, you're still going to be helping patients? Absolutely. She, she certainly was. My wife is a very wise lady, and uh, she's a nurse too. She's a nurse practitioner. Um, so um, she's always actually pushed me along the leadership path. So uh, when I came out of – when I finished architecture, I'd done a three-year program. I didn't want to go back to school and get a degree, so I went into a three-year nursing diploma. And my dad at the time said, that's a terrible mistake. You should be getting a degree. So when I got married, my wife said, oh, well, now we have to go get our degrees. So 
we, we plotted along through our degrees, and then she said, now you have to go to a master's, I think, because you're already that far down the leadership path. You need a master's degree. So she's kind of kind of edged me along the whole way. So it's, um, Interesting. it's a good partnership. Certainly. Jake, I have the sense speaking with you, you're well, not an individual to rest on your laurels. And like Martin, who has certainly progressed his career, and as he said, got outside of his comfort zone and made himself better. Where do you see your nursing career going in the future? Going to get outside your comfort zone? I don't think there's anywhere else to be. Gary is outside my comfort zone uh, to some degree. My dad always fostered to me that you have to be a lifelong learner. You can't rest on your laurels. And for me personally, it's just it's innate to feel like I need to move forward in some sense. And education, as uh, Martin was describing, is one of the best ways. For me, whether that be a more clinical role or to move into administration myself one day down the road in healthcare, to, uh, to manage other people and to, to show the best in them and try to support them as best as I can. It's difficult to say, but as Martin said, there's so many avenues to explore. It's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost dizzying to really pause and think about it. So it's tough to say, but education is the path for me. And where that may lead, I don't know, but some are good, I'm sure. I just want to ask you, Jake, I, I hear a sense of confidence when we speak, a sense of uh, being passionate about your job and the care that you provide for your patients and how you interact with others on the team. Are those two of the, if not the most, certainly the close to the top of characteristics you need to be a good nurse? I'd like to speak a lot to confidence because I found that was an interesting issue for me growing up. I, I I always struggled with uh, that perfectionism, and it's it's difficult to be confident when you recognize yourself as someone who's inherently not perfect, as we all truly are. But the mind block for me was essentially becoming really good at something. And while I can't say that I'm a perfect nurse, I can say that I think I'm a very good one, and I try the best I can to be one. The confidence that I've grown in in how my work has progressed and how much better I've become at nursing has really made me feel more confident in all aspects of my life and truth. So I actually am very appreciative of that from the job for making me feel that I can be exceptional at something. Time is our enemy as we approach the end of this episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast. Martin is a registered nurse in your first few years of the bedside, then you got outside of your comfort zone, were pushed along perhaps by your by your, your wife and your father, now as a vice president, chief nursing officer of a large acute care community hospital organization. What are your memories? What, what do you sort of when you, when you find yourself out with the, uh, the fishing line in the water and you're maybe thinking about your career and what you've done, what type of memories do you have? I think the first memories, you know, uh, are, uh, you guys kind of talked about at the beginning, the ones where maybe you, you weren't sure if you got it right. Um, you know, I can remember very vividly a number of cases where, you know, and that's not necessarily that I get it right, but did we get it right? You know, I remember, you know, young people coming into the ICU and not and not coming out of the ICU. And, you know, I remember, you know, some really um, senior people who I cared for who who were at the other end of their of their life. And, uh, you know, they, I remember their names. I remember caring for them. I remember conversations with their families. Um, and, and those are really important memories for me. Um, you know, and then I also remember kind of the, you know, the, the decisions I made along the along my leadership path. And, um, you know, I reflect on those a lot because I think, uh, you know, when you reflect on something, you really consciously give it thought and you and you learn from it. And um, so, you know, I, I, I um, I'm pretty proud of, of the way my career has unfolded. I'm pretty 
um, proud to be a nurse, and I'm tremendously proud to be to be in this position at Brandt. I feel very, very fortunate, and uh, and you know, I thank the patients, I thank the people I've worked with. That's that's how I my career has progressed. I'm sure they thank you as well. I know that you studied architecture and uh, put your toes in the water, and that wasn't it. Went on to become a very successful nurse in the leadership uh, position as well. If you could do something right now, sort of throw some some magic dust, and weren't going to be in healthcare, Martin, what would you think you'd be doing? Great, great question. <laughs> um, you know, it's hard for me to. It's actually hard for me to even step outside and, and think uh, think that way. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of work being done right now in virtual care, and I think um, you know the software and the and the technology that we utilize to provide that type of care that really interests me um you know that might be one option um you know another option is i really really enjoy the outdoors i enjoy physical activity i enjoy um being out in nature so you know i don't know where that would lead but you know those are the things that are important to me and i think um might influence a decision should i had to have to make a different one jake you at one time told me you wanted to be a teacher and you uh, you decided to follow in the footsteps of your your grandfather. Uh, that didn't work out from the perspective of the Canadian Armed Forces uh, perspective, but you went on to become uh, the registered nurse. But isn't it interesting? It comes full circle, and that interest in teaching is now a vital component of self-learning as a nurse. Oh, absolutely. Yes, as you say, uh, you, like it's not only being able to teach uh, yourself, but other people as well. you you have to be able to know how to do that. It's it's vital to all aspects of life. I said at the outset that uh, of the approximately 440,000 registered nurses, regulated nurses across Canada, about 91% are female. And uh, Jake and Matt, you're you're part of the 9%. Any any words of encouragement? Start with you, Jake. For any other fellows your age, maybe considering a near a a career in in healthcare. As, a, as I may have mentioned earlier, I was thinking of being a teacher, but I ended up choosing nursing because I was uncertain about the job prospects uh, from one perspective. In nursing, you will never have that. There are jobs everywhere you go. And more than that, you will be helpful, you will learn a lot, and you will be challenged constantly. It's, it's a good profession to be in. Martin, you mentioned that uh, as soon as you got your... Uh your uh, foot into healthcare and got some education and then family said you know you should have got a degree then you went for your for your masters i'm assuming you would encourage people interested in nursing to go right for a uh, a um, um a degree in science nursing absolutely uh yeah you know it's um it's a tough haul to uh, to go back to school and get your degree once you once you've got a mortgage and you've got a family and um you know so absolutely i would say if you're gonna if you're gonna go into this profession, I would strongly encourage uh, go get your bachelor's and then and then see where it takes you. You know, it's um, you know, it's not necessary to step from a bachelor's into a master's. You you know, do your do your bachelor's, get out, have have some experience, and then decide which way does your career look like it's heading. Because that that will help you decide you know what the next step is on your academic path. But absolutely, um, lifelong learning, commitment to lifelong learning. That's that's what you're. That's what you're dealing with uh, in the healthcare profession. My guests today have been uh, Martin Ruhal, who is a registered nurse and is now the vice president and chief 
nursing officer at the Brant Community Healthcare System. Also, Jake Oscom grew up in nearby Paris and uh, became a nurse and works in the telemetry, medical telemetry unit at the Brantford General Hospital. You two fellows are, are very busy, particularly through this COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for joining me and for, for everything that you're doing for caring for our community and keeping us safe. Martin and uh, Jake, thank you very kindly. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Hospital Insider, the podcast, is available everywhere podcasts are found on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, shoot me an email, gchalk at rogers.com. In fact, this past week, we had a new listener to the podcast over in Europe, this time in Italy. And this person joins the uh, many other listeners throughout Europe and, of course, all across Canada, through many of the United States and countries all around the world. It's fun doing a podcast for the Brain Community Healthcare System. I'll be back in two weeks, another episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast. In the meantime, stay well so you can do good. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Hospital Insider, the podcast, a presentation of the Brandt Community Healthcare System. Hospital Insider, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting forum. Please press subscribe, and you will always be up to date with Hospital Insider, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please pass it along to your friends. Encourage them to subscribe as well. It's appreciated. In two weeks, we'll return with a new episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast with Gary Chalk. Thank you for listening. I'm Sandy Bishop.